in today's stream here. I'm so excited to say we're going behind the scenes at Hogwarts. And also, we didn't quite anticipate that owls, who are carrying them <laughs> so beautifully in that scene, found it difficult to lift that because their little heads are only about that big. And so you can imagine this was very heavy, so we had to make some lighter weight versions for the owls. And getting spooky with Uncle Fester. The Adams family is a group of truly insane, bizarre, very different people, dark and weird in their own way. Plus, we're giving you five essential things to watch this week, including the return of an iconic Disney duo. So hit the lights, grab the camera and action. This is Stream It. Hello, hello, I'm Robin. And hey, I'm Connor, and you're listening to Stream It, the podcast for huge interviews with your favourite celebs, our favourite celebs too, and also our top streaming recommendations. Film reviews are in there from people your own age as well. Oh yeah, we've got it all here at Stream It. So this week, we're going to be hearing from the actual graphic prop makers for the Harry Potter films, Mina Lima. <gasps> that is so cool, Connor. I'm on board. I'm on board. And we're going to be speaking to the man behind Uncle Fester and the Adams family too, Nick Kroll. But before we get into it, we like to have a bit of trivia fun here on stream. It don't we, Robin? Oh, we sure do. And today, I've got a question for you. Oh, no, it's my turn. It is your turn. Last week was hard with the Disney Princess one. I find it hard. Yeah, I know. I know. But I do like like a Disney princess. So. so I'm going to get you with this one. Okay. In Up. Yeah. What is the name of the old man who attaches balloons to his house? Now, the reason <gasps> this is a good question is because he's the main guy, number one. It's a great film, but it slips your mind. Let's see if you can think about it. Oh, my. Do you know what? I actually have no idea. Hard. That's really thrown me that. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Well, whilst I have a little think about it, and of course, you guys can play along too while you're listening, we'll hear from our fellow Fun Kids presenter, Dan, who presents weekdays at 1pm. Yeah, he also presents the Fun Kids Science Weekly Podcast, the weekly podcast that opens your minds to the most amazing things in the universe. It's all science, science, science. You'll love it. You can find that by searching for Fun Kids Science Weekly wherever you're listening to this podcast. But anyway, Dan managed to interview Mina Lima, the people who make the graphic props for all the Harry Potter films. I mean, how cool is that? Let's take a little listen. Thanks for, Thank having, you for us. having us. Uh, wh- what was the, the very first thing that you ever made for anything Harry Pottery? Yes. Well, it's quite um, it's quite a lovely kind of thread, actually, because it was one invitation letter to uh, Hogwarts, which, you know, innocently, I didn't realize was going to also be my invitation to the Wizarding (laughs) World because it was, you know, I was invited to do four months or six months, I think, on the first film and kind of 20 years later, we're still here talking about it um but yeah that was the first prop and um without that piece i guess nothing would have happened to to both harry the wizarding world and to the whole unfolding of the stories this is the most eduardo probably the most iconic uh, i would say you've got the broomsticks the wands the golden snitch and then this, the letter I've got here, you'll know it. It's the, the letter that he's bombarded with in the first film. It's a, such an iconic image. As Miriam said, you know, if Harry hadn't received that letter, we wouldn't be here talking about this. So, <laughs> so this letter, I think, I, I think Miriam is the most iconic piece on Harry Potter. It's not because you made it, but I think it's because of the, 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 the meaning of the letter that Harry is invited to this wizarding world for the first time. And this, as you say, this invited you to be part of the wizarding world as well when you're making something for 
such a huge film, such a huge series, uh, how much guidance are you given by the director and the producer and people in charge? Are they very specific? Here's what I want. Or have you got an opportunity to just use your brain? No, no, no. That's we, a good we, question. We, yeah. we, we were given no, we completely freedom to, to, to initiate all the concepts and all the designs. And of course, in films, you, it's a partnership. You know? So you work with the designers and, and the director and you have to show them and if they are happy. And mostly, no, yeah, likely, we yeah, all, yeah, everything that we kind of initiated, they, 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 they agreed and they and like it. And of course, it. don't forget that there wasn't a there wasn't a right or wrong to begin with yeah. because nothing really existed. You know, there were no wizarding maps or or newspapers or um, letters and posters that we could go and find and buy and borrow or, or rent. So um, it all had to be invented. So it was kind of easier in a way for us to just offer up that style and see if it worked and it kind of did apparently. But I think the approach that we had as well that we were following exactly Harry as well because Harry was the first time that he has been introduced to this amazing world so we were doing the same thing or what's the stage of making something so as in you know if you're doing homework at home you get given a list of what you need to do if you if you're packing to go on holiday you get a list of what you need to pack uh, how did it work for you when you sit there for the third film say the prisoner of azkaban does the director go right here's what i need a list of like 5000 things now what we do we we work with lists lists are very important <laughs> <laughs> so we read the script and from the script we will create two lists one list is the action hero action props that are the the props that the actors will interact with for example the latter is an action prop and uh, we do another list that is enormous is huge is the background dressing that would be anything that's graphic to decorate a room for example if i walk in in the street all the signage uh, even the cars the car plates everything comes to the graphic design department yeah so 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 the background dressing can be quite intense because you need to make sure everything fits and fun properly. fact is that yeah you don't shoot most films i think there's very <laughs> few are not shot in the order of time no, okay, chronologically of so if this object is i don't know gets burned for example yeah. but they shoot that scene before they shoot the one where it's not then you need to have you need to think Maybe ahead it's... so that's when the le the lists become really critical because you need to be very organized about what's needed when what time of year it is who's got it whether it was broken before or after you know all these kind of little subtleties mm. that need to then flow through the film but a good example is with the latter Nomir because of the scene that you mentioned with all the letters coming yes. through we had to no you had to make thousands and thousands of different yes and also we didn't quite anticipate that owls who are carrying it <laughs> so beautifully in that scene found it difficult to lift that because their little heads are only about that big and so you can imagine this was very heavy so we had to make some lighter weight versions for the owls which you wouldn't know unless maybe you could just freeze frame the film and You're see if you can yeah constantly problem solving how late in the day are you working at times <laughs> so I don't know perhaps when Harry's in Ollivander's getting his wand if I looked around the corner would I see you two out of shot like quickly painting bits of wood how, how close to the wire is it I mean with the whole point of having lists is that you can plan ahead yeah. but the whole point of human beings is they change their mind so as soon as someone changes their mind or an owl reveals that it can't carry a letter that you've made <laughs> without knowing that that was a special requirement then yeah you might be doing some late nights and and that's just part of the, the part process of the, yeah, yeah. Uh, how annoying is it, especially with a film like Harry Potter, where everything gets blown up and destroyed? W w what's it like for you as 
props people when you put so much work, so much passion and time into something and then it eventually gets blown up. Uh, and do you need multiples for these things as well? Yes, yeah. multiples. But one thing that is uh, all the books, now all the school books, we have to make them beautifully. We send it to a book binding. They do all beautiful leather work and with uh, tooling and you know, embossing. And they send back to us. And when we received the books, we have to destroy it. We need to age to give the... No, the to, patina of history and yeah. And so, like for example, life, yeah. the Bard, the book that uh, Dumbledore leaves for Hermione in the last film, the the books arrived beautifully. We designed the entire book, but the book binder puts together, and after we have to go and and sand and destroy, throw on the floor, and and uh, age with coffee to give the the the, the sense that has been with but to Dumbledore your point for a long time. Things, um, but so uh, yeah, so mm. we don't really. It's mm. all about the story, no? Yeah, so mm. what whatever it works for the story, we need to do. But you said, do we mind things being blown up yeah. and destroyed? Well, that's only the ones that you actually see. Don't forget, for everything that you see in the film, there's probably been another. You know, for every one prop, there's probably another twenty things that have been created that never quite make it onto the into the cut, into the final cut. So that's just part of filmmaking for everybody. For you know, everyone involved, there's always been much more effort that's been put in that just simply doesn't make it into the final cut. Um, what's the toughest thing that you were ever asked to make? The, the biggest challenge that took you ages and took you so much imagination. I've, I think, in my experience, was more anything muggle. The normal stuff. Normal stuff. Because anyone, everyone was like, oh, no, Muggle, no. We all wanted to be immersed all the time in the wizarding world. So every time there was a scene outside the wizarding world, we were like... Like in a cafe. Don't forget, there's a few scenes that go into the real world. And yeah. All that stuff needs to be invented. We couldn't really just go and buy, you know, branded drinks or uh, magazines or labels or street names and things. So it all had to be made but to look as though it just was part of the background which is kind of what people do most of the time in our role for for films but um so that was the probably the most yeah. annoying thing but probably the most challenging and interesting thing was probably the marauders Much map simply because it didn't have any explanation as to what it should look like it told us in the books what it did and what it made people feel or do but it never actually was she never gave a description uh, a physical description of, of what it should look like which was fantastic for us because it gave us this freedom to really kind of invent a, a visual language for it both in the illustration part of it but also in the kind of construction and the 3D part how it would unravel so with the Marauders map a, a lot of that is special effects so they open it up and then everything's moving which I imagine must be done on, on the computer how, how much thought do you have to give with physical things that you are making how it can be changed and edited on a screen and, and made all magic using special effects. When Harry Potter, most of the props, the, the paper props and stuff that we've been tasked mm -hmm. to do still keep their kind of paper quality. I'd yeah. say the, the probably the most extreme, and that was such a basic thing, was that the Daily Prophets, yeah. the um, the newspapers where you had an, the photograph was animated. A photograph. Yeah. So we would deliver a finished piece, as Eduardo said, a, an actual newspaper. And wherever there was a photograph, we'd put a magical piece of chroma key green. Yeah. And then in post-production, they could animate whatever they wanted in that, in that space. But for the, for the most part, even when the lettering moves and stuff, we just make sure that we deliver what we want the beginning even the howler for example the the beginning one and the end one and maybe a little storyboard of what it should do in between but on the whole things what was lovely about harry potter that even for the sets everything was so built and physical you know there was 
they didn't rely too heavily on visual effects unless it was something like yeah. Quidditch or flying or you know so but even yeah. there's a scene where the Marauders map is closed magically in, in Lupin's, uh, Lupin's uh, table that was all done physical, physical mm. by a magician like a real mago magician so yeah but of course you no know, the, the the flying you no know, uh, banners with the names and the footsteps those were all added on visual effects but we gave the banners and the footsteps we draw the footsteps and gave it to visual effects and after they added. it's a really lovely collaboration actually yeah. between the departments when that happens mm. that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's been it's been such a treat harry potter is uh, you know 20 years of the film now the first film it's been such a part of so many people's lives and you're as i say not uh, not quite unsung heroes but you're the people that have made so much of like the fact the building blocks that no one really ever wonders how they get there and it's because people like you have put so much incredible work in uh listen mina lima the two of you thank you so much for coming in and, and telling us all about Thank it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you us. very much. <laughs> oh, Connor, I wish I was a wizard. Me too, Robin, and me too. I wish that I had a wizard cape. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? And yeah. a wand, of course. Oh, I'd love a wand. <laughs> But thank you so much for that, Dan, and to Mina Lima for the amazing interview. We've learned so much. Yeah, we learned so, so much, and we hope you did too. Why don't you get in touch with us and tell us your favourite Harry Potter film? Now, that is a hard one to decide, and we'll read out some of your comments next week. Yes, just leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts telling us which film is your fave and why. Oh, and don't forget, give us five stars. It really helps us see it. Yeah, please do. And leave us a comment at funkidslive.com forward slash stream it and we'll read out some of your responses next week. It's now time for us to share some things with you that we know you're going to absolutely love. Yeah, basically, it's time for us to do a bit of hard work, (laughs) isn't it? About time. Yeah, it's called Look Forward, our list of five things we know you're going to want to be watching this week. Look Forward. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. This is a live action film featuring animated versions of the Disney's Chipmunks, Chip and Dale. It's not a reboot, it's a comeback. And that's on Disney Plus right now. Four. Back to the Outback. Tired of being locked in a reptile house where humans gawk at them like they're monsters? Listen, a group of Australia's deadliest creatures plots a daring escape from the zoo. Yeah, this is happening. And it's on Netflix. Three. The Prince of Egypt. Oh, this one is a classic and it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's all about two brothers named Moses and Ramesses who grow up to be the best of friends. However... When one of them becomes a ruler and the other chooses to live for the people, their friendship, well, it turns bitter. It's so good. Amazon Prime for the Prince of Egypt. Two. The Ghost of Molly McGee. Now, we featured this in episode two of Stream It, so go back and take a listen to our interview with the cast if you haven't already heard it. But Molly McGee and a grumpy ghost named Scratch somehow become bound to each other when one of Scratch's spells backfires. So Molly lives to make the world a better place, fix what has gone wrong, and kind of spread joy, whereas Scratch wants to make the world a worse place, break what has gone right, and spread misery. Yeah, kind of the opposites. Despite their differences, the two of them form an unlikely friendship. A bit like me and you, Robin. I was going to say that. You bet we do it. Bit, bit opposite. That's on Disney Plus right now. Take a watch. One. Gigantosaurus join Rocky, Belle, Tiny and Mizzou as they follow their herd and encounter many exciting adventures along the way. From mapping the stars to searching for flowers, watch them gain independence and strengthen their friendships with each new challenge. 
all the while learning more about the biggest and most mysterious dinosaur of all, of course, the Gigantosaurus. That starts on the 28th of May on Tiny Pop and you can watch it every day at 7.30am and 5pm. Are you alright, man? Sorry, I've just got that tune stuck in my head. You know, the Adams family. <laughs> of course, it's an absolute classic. I'm gonna blow your mind. I've interviewed Uncle Festa. Well, the guy who plays him. What? Jealous? Yeah, I actually spoke to the Nick Kroll about the Adams family too, which is about the family going on like adventurous trips in a hideous and humongous camper van. It's silly, it's spooky, and well, it's brilliant. Shall we take a listen? Let's do it. Well, the Adams family uh, has been a, a family that's been in the pop culture for many, many, many years as a cartoon strip and a number of live action movies and a TV show. And this animated movie is the second one. And the Adams family is a group of truly insane, bizarre, very different people. Uh, each one truly strange, bizarre, dark and weird in their own way. And together they make a very tight knit family. Uh, but like any family, they have ups and downs and uh, don't always get along. Um, and so in this film, they go on a road trip together to sort of bond, try to bond. Um, and they're, uh, they're truly uh, creepy and wacky and weird and uh, a, a super funny group of people. I feel like it's really relatable for everybody as well, because kind of all families are a little bit like that. We're all weird and wonderful in our ways, aren't we? It, it truly, I think, in, and as strange in particular as this family is, it, it is a perfect uh, encapsulation that every family is weird and every family finds the, uh, the outside world strange and then also looks at each other and said like, well, they're, they're my brother, or my father, my sister, or mother or grandfather is as weird as anybody else. Yeah, of course. It must have been such a privilege to be asked and be involved in a film like this. It's got so much history. The name Adams Family, it's a household name. Everybody's heard of the Adams Family. What a moment for yourself. Yeah, I grew up watching these uh, all the different versions of the TV show and, 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 the, and the Adams Family Values in the 90s. So anytime you get to be a part of, of something that with as long and, and rich a legacy as the Adams Family is, is terrific. And then being able to perform alongside like Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron and uh, Chloe Grace Moritz. And, and of course the most important of all Snoop Dogg. I mean, oh. how could, how, what, what more could you ask for? So cool. Look, I don't want to tease too much. I don't want to give away too much. Um, but at the start of the film, Wednesday, your niece, uh, you play uncle Festa, uh, gives you some octopus DNA to try and make uh, Fester a little bit more intelligent, okay? So I've got a question for you, Nick. If you could take a personality trait from any other animal in the world other than an octopus, what would it be and why? Oh, well, I was going to say, having watched The Octopus Teacher, I feel like it's a, it's a good one because they're clearly super intelligent animals. Um, you know, I, I've historically, I'm, I'm weirdly obsessed with raccoons um, and... They're, they're very funny little animals. They're resilient. They will eat anything that's put in front of them. They will find food in the, in, they can, you know, get inside of like little doggy doors. They'll eat the trash. Um, they're very resilient. So I, I have a huge affinity for, for raccoons and I wouldn't mind being like a seal. I love, I love just like a big fat seal hanging out on a, hanging out on a beach tanning and then slippery sliding in their way back into the water seems like a good life 
There we go. Raccoon meets Seal. Nick, thank you so much for coming on to Funky. It's great to chat and we'll, uh, we'll hopefully see you soon. Good luck with the film. Thanks, Connor. Oh, thank you so much, Nick. The theme tune is going to be stuck in my head for weeks now. Yeah, I'm going to be singing it forever. Oh, it's so good, isn't it, though? <laughs> it's good. Da-da-da. Yeah, yeah. I hope there's space <laughs> in your memory to answer that question too, Robin. So you need to stop singing. Oh, no. Yeah, it's that time. I asked you at the start of the pod, didn't I? Do you remember it? Yeah, I remember the question. Okay, so in Up, what is the name of the old man who attaches balloons to his house? Is it Bob? No, Robin, it's definitely not Bob. No? No, I mean, it's a good guess, but it isn't Bob. He does look like a Bob, actually, with his glasses, doesn't he? Yeah, I thought that. A bit granddaddy. Bit granddaddy. No, not Bob anymore. Um, Fraser. Fraser. No, <laughs> close. Uh, do you want to have one more guess? Uh, Connor? It's not Connor. Oh. It's close, though. He's actually called Carl Fredericksen. Is he? Yeah, he doesn't really look like a Carl Fredericksen. Well, I don't know what a Carl Fredericksen looks well, like. Oh, it's Fredericksen. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Yeah, Cole Fredrickson, that's his name. Anyway, I guess that's all we've got time for in this week's episode of Stream It. Now, don't forget to rate, comment, and follow Stream It wherever you get your podcast from. Yeah, we've been Connor and Robin, and we're presenters at Fun Kids, a children's radio station from the UK. You can listen all around the country on your DAB digital radio and at funkidslive.com. And you can hear me weekdays from 7pm. See you there. Definitely worth a listen to Connor. And you can hear me on Fun Kids in the weekend breakfast show from 8am to 10 a.m. every Saturday and Sunday where you get a chance to be the DJ with me is Breakfast Control. Yeah, yeah, that is so much fun. Thanks for listening and we'll be back with a brand new stream it for you next week. Robin, after three. Ready? One, two, three. Bye. Bye.